Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. Welcome to our Sunday morning Bible class. We're podcasting a Bible study each Sunday morning for those who cannot be with us in person at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ right here in Omaha, Nebraska. Now, we know there are people even in the Omaha area who cannot be with us or may choose to not be with us for one reason or another. Maybe they're just kind of getting into God's Word and they haven't made that commitment yet to start to come to be with the church. Or maybe they've got health problems or maybe they've got physical handicaps that that keep them from being able to get out very much. Or maybe they have work schedule conflicts that uh, keep them away on that particular time. But we know that there are also people who listen to these podcasts across the country and literally around the world, wherever the internet is available. And so we want to help people get into God's Word who want to get into God's Word. And that's important for our faith because faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. So we're thankful that you're there and that you want to study God's Word. We want to help you along that line by means of the internet and through these podcasts teaching God's Word. We're thankful to have this opportunity to help you along this line and to help people in general. And we encourage you to tell other people and in fact share these studies with other people. You know people in your life who need to start to think about their soul's salvation, their relationship with God, who need to grow in their faith. And since again, faith comes by hearing the word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17, it's important for them to get into God's word. So share these studies with them, with everybody you can, through Facebook friends, text messages, other technological means. And share with your family members, your friends, your work associates, your neighbors, with literally everybody. Just think what a blessing it will be for somebody if you help them come to God through Jesus Christ by getting them into these studies as often as you can. Eternal life, eternal salvation, what a blessing for them. But it will also be a great blessing for you. So make that commitment and start sharing with everybody you can. We're going to come pretty close, if not coming all the way, to finishing up our study in the book of Joshua. Now, we have been methodically going through the early history from the creation account of mankind and the world through the early history of mankind and then picking up with Abraham in Genesis chapter 12, having gone through the flood in Noah's day in Genesis chapter 6, 7, and 8, and Genesis chapter 12, picking up with Abraham where God prophesies that through the bloodline of Abraham, he would bring into into existence the nation of Israel, and through their bloodline, he would bring Jesus Christ, the Savior, into the world. And so we have been working our way methodically through these first several books, in fact, Joshua being the sixth book of the Old Testament. The first five, we believe, were written primarily by Moses. And then Joshua, we believe, was written by Joshua. It tells the accounts of Joshua leading the Israelites into the promised land after Moses had been uh, taken by God and buried through his death on the eastern side of the promised land, the eastern side of the Jordan River. And so Joshua 
is instructed by God to be given basically the mantle of leadership of Moses. And so Moses, uh, by God's direction, appoints Joshua as the next leader of Israel. Joshua leads the nation across the Jordan River into the Promised Land. And again, by God's instruction and his promise of giving them the, of blessing them with victory over all of the inhabitants of that land who were idol worshipers, Joshua begins leading the the warriors of Israel into battle after battle and victory after victory over the idol-worshiping inhabitants of that land. God had instructed through Moses and then also to Joshua, you don't have anything to do with these people. They are not godly people. They are idol worshipers. If you start building relations with them, and particularly if you start intermarrying with them, then they're going to be influences on you, on the people of Israel, my people, to lead you away from me and into the practice of worshiping idols, which are nothing but just images. They're not they're not even animate. They're not alive. They're, they don't really represent any true God. They're just statues, images, carvings, and so on. And so Joshua has been faithful to God's instruction. So again, I, I skipped some of the chapters and, and, or, or portions of some of the chapters toward the end of this particular book. Uh, because they're talking about the dividing up of the land, the promised land to the various tribes and what cities were given to what tribe and so on. And and just reading through those kind of gets to be a tedious task. I'm leaving that for you to read. There's valuable information there, but uh, I, I think our study is better served by hitting some highlights and passing over most of that particular part of the text. We come to chapter 23, and we're coming toward the end of this particular book. Again, only 24 chapters total in Joshua. And so chapter 23, Joshua is uh, he's giving his farewell address to the people. Uh, how long has, take, has transpired from the time that Joshua first led them across the Jordan River and began the, bat- began the battles of conquest until he finally, you know, he's older and uh, he's going to kind of step aside now. Well, we're not really told. We're not really told. I I posed last time the question, how old do you think Joshua was when he led the, the Israelites across the Jordan River into the Promised Land initially? He was not just a kid, I think we're to understand, when Moses, God through Moses, led the Israelites out of Egypt. I think if we're to understand he was a grown man by that time, maybe a pretty mature grown man. He became something of a general when it would come to the, the times when during the wilderness wanderings, enemies would attack the people of Israel, and, and so the Joshua would lead the men of Israel in battle against those enemies, and again, in victory after victory. Now, that period in the wilderness lasted 40 years. 
So how old was he when he entered the promised land, led the people of Israel into into Canaan, that land that God promised to them going all the way back to Abraham? Well, we're not, we don't know. But then the battles, how long did they take? Well, certainly it wasn't a matter of just, you know, a few weeks. It was battle after battle after battle and against, you know, king after king after king after king. And there was a whole numerous number of them. Well, chapter 23, beginning with verse 1. Now it came to pass a long time after the Lord had given rest to Israel from all their enemies round about that Joshua was old, advanced in age. How old? (laughs) Well, we don't know. But he was old, advanced in age. And Joshua called for all Israel, for their elders, for their heads, for their judges, and for their officers, and said to them, I am old, advanced in age. Now, he recognized that age was taking its toll, and that he was coming toward, if not already in, probably already in, what we might call the twilight years of his life, physical life. So he calls for the leaders of Israel to come and meet with him. You have seen all that the Lord your God has done to all those nations because of you, for the Lord your God is he who has fought for you. Joshua has been true to God, been faithful to God. Going back to the early days when they had left Egypt and they'd come to the southern boundary or border of the promised land, and Moses sent 12 spies into the land, Joshua was one of those 12 spies. And only he and Caleb were the two out of the 12 who said, I mean, they trusted God. They had faith in God. They said, with God's help, we can take this land. The other 10 said, oh, no, we can't. We're no match for those people. Those, those people are mighty. Their cities are large and high, you know, heavily fortified. And they've got giants living in that land. And so the people listened to the 10 tribes, and their faith waned. And as a result, God instructed Moses, take them back into the wilderness. You're gonna, they're going to wander around for a period of time until the adult generations all die off. And the, young, the younger generations grow up and become the adults and be stronger in faith. So that took 40 years. So Joshua has been around a long time. And again, we're not told how long all of the battles of conquest against all of the kings and peoples of the promised land, how long that lasted. But it had to have been a considerable period of time. So, but Joshua, he gives the glory to God. He says, the Lord God has done, all, has done to all these nations of you or because of you. For the Lord your God is he who has fought for you. And God told Moses and Joshua ahead of time, I will give you the victories. And Joshua gives the glory right right to God. In verse 4, he says, See, I have divided to you by lot these nations that remain to be an inheritance for your tribes from the Jordan with all the nations that I have cut off as far as the great sea westward. 
and the Lord your God will expel them from before you and drive them out of your sight, so you shall possess their land as the Lord your God promised you. I believe we're to understand that they did not quite fulfill what God had instructed them to do to this point. And I don't think they would totally fulfill that instruction from God. And that instruction was, you do not allow these people to stay in your land. You either destroy them, annihilate them in battle, or you drive them out of the land. But don't let them stay there. They'll be thorns in your side. They'll be a snare to you. They'll be a hindrance to your faithfulness to me. So notice again, he says, I have divided to you by lot these nations that remain. And then the Lord your God will expel them from before you and drive them out of your sight. So you shall possess their land as the Lord your God promised you. But now I think we're to understand God would drive them out as they would do battle against these folks. But the battles were going to come to an end. God was giving the land to the Israelites, but it was, I don't think, I think we're to understand the, is, the, peop, the Israelites did not quite complete the mission of driving all of these people who were idol-worshiping peoples out of the land. And so there would be, there would be a potential influence to lead them into the idol worship that these peoples were engaged in already. And basically, that happened. Down the road some, but it happened. So, Verse 6, therefore be very courageous to keep and to do all that is written in the book of the law of Moses, lest you turn aside from it to the right hand or to the left. In other words, stay on the pathway of God's truth. Stay faithful to God all the way. And lest you go among these nations, these who remain among you, lest you go among them. In other words, start developing relationships with them and even to the point of intermarrying with them. You shall not make mention of the name of their gods, their idols, that's lowercase g. You shall not make mention of them, nor cause anyone to swear by them. You shall not serve them, nor bow down to them. In other words, you stay away from that practice of idol worship. It's false. It'll lead you away from true faithfulness to God but you shall hold fast to the Lord your God as you have done to this day. For the Lord has driven out from before you great and strong nations, but as for you, no one has been able to stand against you to this day because God had been giving them the victory. One man of you shall chase a thousand, for the Lord your God is he who fights for you as he promised you. Therefore, take careful heed to yourselves that you love the Lord your God, or else, if indeed you do go back and cling to the remnant of these nations, these that remain among you, and make marriages with them, and go into them, and they to you. In other words, if you become disobedient to these instructions from God, 
to have nothing to do with them, to not let them stay in the land, to develop relations with them, and you end up intermarrying with them? Verse 13, Joshua says, Know for certain that the Lord your God will no longer drive out these nations from before you. But they shall be snares and traps to you and scourges on your sides and thorns in your eyes until you perish from this, from this good land which the Lord your God has given you. So Joshua tells them, okay, the land is being divided among you to your 12 tribes. Those peoples, those idol-worshiping peoples who still are in some parts of the land, you drive them out, don't have anything to do with them. And if you do start letting them stay and start interacting with them and even marrying them, then they're going to cause you problems down the road. And ultimately, you're going to perish from this land that God has given you. Hmm. Strong words, strong instructions. Behold, this day I am going the way of all the earth, Joshua says, verse 14. And you know in all your hearts and in all your souls that not one thing has failed of all the good things which the Lord your God spoke concerning you. All have come to pass for you. Not one word of them has failed. In other words, God's word is true and you can hang your hats on it. You can have absolute confidence in it. Therefore, it shall come to pass that as all the good things have come upon you, which the Lord your God promised you, so the Lord will bring upon you all harmful things until he has destroyed you from this good land, which the Lord your God has given you. Now, why would God do that? Because they did not stay true to him or they would not stay true to him. When you have transgressed the covenant of the Lord your God, oh boy, which he commanded you and have gone and served other gods and bowed down to them, then the anger of the Lord will burn against you and you shall perish quickly from the good land which he has given you. Now, as Joshua finally steps aside because of old age, and advanced years, he instructs those tribes that are going to take lands where there still were some of those foreign idol-worshiping peoples, if you do not follow through, if you start developing relations and marriages with them, you're going to open the door for them to lead you into idol-worship yourselves and God will take the land away from you. God gives, and God can take away. God is all-powerful and all-knowing. And there would be no pulling the wool, so to speak, over God's eyes. He would know exactly what was going on, exactly what they were doing. God's continued blessings upon mankind have always been contingent upon mankind's continued faithfulness, and that includes obedience 
to God through his word. We cannot expect God to continue to bless us in all the ways that he promises and offers us if we will not stay true to God by living by his word, his teachings, faithfully and obediently and consistently. Now, if we could flash forward, when you get into the next book of the Old Testament, Judges, very quickly, you see that within one generation, or maybe at the most two, and we're not talking about generations of 100 years in length. We're talking about 30 to 35 years or so for each generation. Within one, or at the most two generations, it would seem, from the wording of the text, in the, in the very first chapters of Judges, that book, the next book of the Old Testament, the people forget about God. They say, how could that happen? Well, a new generation grows up. And remember how it was emphasized going back to Genesis chapter 6? And it was repeated, I believe, two more times in those early chapters, I'm sorry, of Deuteronomy, in those early chapters of Deuteronomy. Parents, Teach your children diligently, consistently, continually the Word of God. Teach them throughout the day. Find opportunities, even just to give them a short lesson based upon some kind of life experience, perhaps. But you teach them God's Word. You teach them about God. You teach them about how God led you out of Egyptian bondage and to this promised land. Teach them, teach them, teach them. Well, when you come to Judges, in the very first chapters, when it talks about how a new generation grew up who did not know God, or the things which he had done for Israel during those 40 years of being led out of bondage and through the prom- and through the wilderness and to the promised land i think we probably would have to conclude that the parents and grandparents failed to consistently teach the children growing up sufficiently about God and all of his blessings upon the nation of Israel. Now, there were probably other factors that played into the whole scheme of things as well, but I think we would have to conclude that a big contributing factor to that generation, just a generation or two, after Joshua died, growing up and not knowing about God sufficient to guide them and motivate them to stay true to God had to have 
fallen at the feet of the parents and grandparents, again, to a great extent. I, I would think that would be a logical, rational kind of conclusion that we would reach. Is that happening today? Is it happening in your family? Is it happening in the lives and the families of people you know? Maybe, maybe family members, maybe loved ones, maybe friends, work associates. Are the parents teaching the children not just hit or miss, not just a casual word, but are they diligently focusing on teaching their children to love God, to follow God faithfully and obediently, to worship him with his church consistently. We are a nation that is falling further and further into ungodliness, into unfaithfulness, and yes, even wickedness and evil. We need to turn the tide back around. We'll close this particular book of God's Word next time. Let's pray. Father, help us to open our eyes and see the importance, and, and not just from a human perspective, from a spiritual perspective, an eternal perspective, the importance of our teaching our children and grandchildren the truths of your word and to impressing upon them that you're God, their heavenly father, their creator, the blessing giver, and that you love them and you want them and expect them to follow you faithfully throughout their lives. Help us to be the examples of faithfulness to you before our children and grandchildren. And please help us and strengthen us in this, Father. We pray. Please forgive us and hear our prayer, gracious Father. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs>